Welcome to After Dusk with Don Piercy, where we're not afraid to talk about things that go bump in the night. With special guest co-hosts and so much more, we're bringing you the facts versus fiction and the history of it all. Remember, it's always darkest before dawn. Tune in every Wednesday at 10.30 and get your bite. <laughs> We're picking up where we left off on After Dusk with Don Piercy with a continuation from last week. Get your bite on. This is part of why I believe is that you have, and, and by the way, in the world, okay, according to um, the UN and, and according to Interpol, mm-hmm. there are 4 million. 432,880 missing, missing people that, that are considered vanished in the past 20 years globally to date. So that's a lot of people to just poof out of the world. And if you think about it, yes, there's, 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 there's serial killers and these bodies may yet to be found. And there's war and there's strife and, and places like Africa, somebody goes hunting, they die and that's it. The lion drags them off. They're gone. But, but, but if you kind of, if you could just subtract some of the numbers and say, okay, well, this is accounted for, and yes, the lion's got this guy, or you know, say, there's satanic ritual and they buried this body. Good. That still leaves a lot of <laughs> bodies in the United States and in the world that have got these people have vanished, and so you have to ask yourself, like, what's <clears throat> what's taking these people? Is it is it aliens? Are they victims of real-life biological vampires? They may be. They may be, Brian, because you know what? A lot of those missing people uh, come from Indiana that have never been found. Um, yes. Especially from the IU campus in Bloomington. And I'm going to tell you what. I was down there one time. I was a teenager. And there was a guy that was with us that was hanging out and he was one of the missing that had never been seen or found again. Not only that, there was a guy that was hanging out with us. Salt made him blister. He couldn't be out in the sun. He was real shady. And then boom, he just vanished right after this Mm -hmm. guy vanished, just vanished. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things that go bump in the night. And if you don't see it, it's hard to believe it. But I'm going to tell you what, people. Pray. Because uh, there's some there's some goobly goblins out there. I'm just telling I, you. Yeah. And I think, you know, <laughs> unlike the movies, you know, what do vampires in movies do in general? They leave a, they leave a whole host of bodies laying around. Oh, know? yeah. They, yeah, they they're, do. They're pretty random. They're, you know, pretty violent. They and, do. You know, so, so I think if you if someone were, if you stop and think about the possibility that this is this is not like some kind of crazed genetic disease or some sort of mutation or 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 what biological warfare what have you right this is like a fully functioning entity that's got cognitive thought I mean this this being takes its prey and eliminates it off the face of the earth and I think that's very frightening. You know, it's right. that's a, and it speaks to a higher power as well. It speaks to something beyond what what we know to be true. Right. You know, 
And see, most of the, I'm a published poet, but most of my poetry is based on vampires and, and very dark. But I'm not, I'm not a dark person. I, okay. Growing up, I was very dark. Okay. Let, let's back it up here a minute. Growing up, I was dark. I didn't care about anything in the world. Um, and then life happened. Life happened. Reality happened. And, I started to see the light because out of the darkness came light and I started to see the light, but my poetry has always been very twisted and demented and dark and I love it. And it may not be your cup of tea and that's okay. That's okay. But I I love scaring people. I'm just saying it's funny to watch them wiggle. (laughs) You know that, I'm not a vampire, you know, that it's, it's, as I think people know who know me on, on Facebook and Twitter and everything, they know that I'm in, vaguely involved in the vampire community. I right. have, I, I, you know, me and Andreas have a very tight relationship and that's a past life experience. And there's some things that may about that, that we can talk about. In fact, ironically enough, you speaking of vampires, Andreas is interesting because I, I know exactly when he's going to message me because Either on a bright sunny day, the, the the sun blots out, or if it's a dark gloomy day, the sun comes out, or there'll always be, or it'll start to rain immediately. It might be cloudy, and the, and then it'll just start to rain, like just dump, and then now, ping there. It's just a strange thing. For those but, wondering who Brian's talking about, Andreas, that's Andreas Bathory, Romanian, yes. and he does yes. the Dracula tours. At Dracula's actual castle. Yes, yes. So okay, and, I just want um, to let people but, know. But I think as many know, you know, like I, I don't, I don't consider myself a vampire. I'm not fixated on vampire history and lore. I, I, I don't. It's not a really big part of my life. Right. But like I said before, I've had this this entity <clears throat> being reach out to me. And then, of course, the you know when I wrote this book, I always wanted to write a vampire story, and I love vampire stories. I, you know, I, I read all of you know Anne Rice's stuff. My favorite is Carmilla, um, you know, Bram Stoker. Um, but I and I always, but I always favorite kind of like the the more obscure vampire writers, the more obscure novels. I'm not really into mm-hmm. the, the, the the new stuff being written. It's it's not really me. I like the older kind of feel and the older. Um, kind of take on things but so you know like I'm kind of one of those people that not that I don't think I was ever a non-believer but like I've over the years as my years roll on I become more of a believer and it's not like a fantasy thing to me this is like something that's really become a source of interest and study and I think the only thing keeping me from really doing serious research is time and a little bit of money because I really need to have to start traveling. Yeah. You got to have money to travel. Things to really <laughs> dig into it. You got to get on ground. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that's where I stand and, you know, so that the public knows that I, I'm not like some kind of vampire maniac. You know, I really am rational about it. And like I said, through this research and through dealing with this entity, I've right. just come to believe that there's that they're that they're real and that there is something so much more to them than just what Hollywood. And see, I, I think you know if they are real, God allowed them to exist. 
that they're a part of creation and um that that's yeah absolutely well like yavi gold explains to charlotte bell and without she goes we're not evil we're not here for any you know malicious thing we're just in the universe to call the herd just like the lion on the serengeti you know the shark in the sea right that's what they're here and then and they can control they're, they're not ravaged you know crazy they gotta you know they can control like their 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 desires or appetites and you know back to back to um you know elizabeth bathory you know that it may very well be that she didn't have to eat for four years because i think these beings are capable of kind of building up like sustainment like they can kind of build up what they need in their body. I mean, scorpions are, this is an actual scientific fact. Scorpions are capable of going over 10 years without food or water. In absolute dire situations, they will actually, their system will internally absorb their own cells to try to keep them going. So like it's, it's, so they like scientists have found scorpions that literally are like on their last leg. They're just like literally like so close to death. Mm-hmm. And then once they inject them with water and proteins and to get them kind of, they can actually revive them from like almost death and they'll be so malnourished. So I do think that, and there's another earth example of, of an animal that's capable of incredible, like, you know, like endurance under the harshest conditions. You can like them nuke them in a microwave for like 10 minutes before they like, you know, it, what animal says, Brian? No, seriously. No, scorpions are, are, they're like one of the only things found living other than ants out at down here. It's Los Alamos. Like after the nuclear testing. No, yes. They can withstand nuclear blasts. They Holy can withstand crap. Blasts. They can live in, in a hundred percent radiated environments. So you're dealing with, there are animals on this planet that really can go to these extremes why can't there be a being or a human hybrid or some other thing capable like a vampire? Right. And that's right. what we're talking about after all, right? A being of extreme capabilities of very powerful abilities. Absolutely. Yes. Now the Anunnaki tie into that. Uh, now Anunnaki was the old Sumerian, um, you know, you, you had your, your kings and queens of Babylon and you had the Sumerian text. Now, yes. there's so many different takes and conspiracies and <laughs> ways to look at the Anunnaki. Is it a part of Nibiru? Is it a part of the New World Order? Is it a part of the whatever they call the Illuminati, which I think they changed? Is it a part of vampirism? Brian, what do you know about it? Well, kind of some research has indicated that, yes, it's very, the Anunnaki are very kind of tightly connected to vampirism. And there's people in the, in the, in the, in the, um, conspiracy circles, you know, concerning, concerning extraterrestrials that they actually believe that they are indeed really a vampire race. Um, and what I find interesting is they come from this, the Draco system. So I thought that was kind of interesting is Draco, Dracula, you know, kind of right. interesting that that word 
is is kind of somehow carried into, I guess, maybe our world from possibly another world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, kind of as 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 you're saying, is not only do are they kind of where where did they come here and do that they rule. They kind of quietly rule over us, which kind of goes back into what I was talking about vampires earlier. Is you can have a very low key life. You're, you know, obviously, additional power after centuries of collecting wealth, right? So I think there is a possible connection. I think that could be the being could really be this Anuaki, right? Whatever form that is. Some say they're the reptile extraterrestrial the the reptilians and see i always Um, thought of them as seraphim and like the fallen angels the watchers to where you know you've got the gods and the goddesses that came from but to me they were not gods and goddesses because they actually walked on this earth and they actually were kings and queens and very well respected or feared so that's a whole nother topic aside from vampires but yes. it's my take on the Anunnaki, um, yes. which, you know, vampirism could lead into that, too. Yes. Well, and and so the speculation is, right, is that the Anunnaki, whether or not they're true vampires, per se, depending on how you view that term and that word, um, <clears throat> are blood drinkers. And they do that for power and control and they do that for sustenance. And what I also found is there what 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 some are saying is that apparently that or what they're what they suggest what's been suggested is that the reason why they like to drink blood is because they're addicted to adrenochrome, um, which is a hormone that's released in the human body's blood system during periods of extreme terror. So oh, yes. you could be with a race that is truly a vampire, has a drink blood because that's part of their system and they mm-hmm. need to, or they do it as like sport, fun and games, right? Or it could just be a part of who they are. Maybe it's something that, well, I guess that, that would be vampirism. You know, the, the world is full of, if, if, if you search history, like for example, it, the Mayans, of course, did uh, sacrifices to the sun god. Right, and right. There was an event, uh, and, I, I, and it happened shortly before. I think it happened about fifty years before the Spaniards made very first contact with the with the Mayans, and um, they it it was estimated by the skull count that some forty thousand people, men, women, and children, mostly slaves and prisoners, were put to death in one ceremony. It was a full moon, it was a full sun equinox, and I don't remember exactly I think this happened in the year eleven twelve something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the last big sacrifices, right? But you look at if you were to research like Mayan uh, Aztec sacrifices and you look at the sheer numbers that were put to death. Okay, you have to ask yourself, <clears throat> was this an act of human leadership? Like the, the king, the priest, is this, is this an edict and, and, and 
by by humans to do this? Is this a human act, or could there have been a being right, that really right. in charge of everything that said, "I need blood, go execute all these people," you know, cut off their heads, throw their hearts down the stairs, you know, and, and perhaps a priest themselves doing cutting out the heart and drinking the blood were vampires. You know, maybe this was, but you know, when you look at human history and the bloodshed mm-hmm. that's occurred, especially the, 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 in some cases, these extreme numbers and sacrificial rights, makes right. you want, you know, and if you notice, if you do, when you look at all these conspiracies and when you look at all these kind of like paranormal things, you will notice a common theme, blood. There's always blood and there's always darkness. There's right. always these two things associated with everything. You look at Satanism, there's sacrifice. Even if it's just the cutting of a hand, blood. Well, where's the light come in? Because they always say the light came out of the darkness. Out of the darkness came light. So there has to be light somewhere there. Just like in all the light, there's darkness. I mean, it doesn't matter. And anybody that claims to be all good or all bad is full of boo-boo because I'm going to tell you what, you know, you can't be all good or all bad because you're just as wicked as you are good and you have to find that balance. Yes. So in the church, right? Drink right. of the blood. Again, blood. You the know, blood of Christ, Buddhism, right. Blood. You know, Buddhism. Body. A, little, a little more dealing with the soul, but there's still blood elements there. And right. And look at Hinduism, there's some like there's some part elements of it that are very dark. And if you look at Christianity, there's elements to it are very dark. And Satanism is very dark. Right. You know, so I think the two themes is dark and blood. And what do these two things represent? I think that darkness is really a representation of space or time and space. Mm-hmm. And blood is kind of rep- is a representation of life. It, it's and, and really, I kind of write about how, you know, blood is mostly water. Water is the blood of life, right? right so, right. you know, it could be, it, so there's these two things. And I think that's kind of how it all ties into vampirism and, and what drives, what drives on this planet and in the human mind, this kind of need and repulsion for darkness and blood and this reverence for the dark and the fear of dark and this reverence for blood and the fear of blood. Right. And really in the act of losing it, death. Absolutely, absolutely. So something to think about. It's something to definitely think about. Well, I want to um, thank you for tuning in tonight. I hope you have enjoyed this series uh, after dusk with Don Piercy and our topic on the history of vampires. Um, tune in next week. Next week, we are going to be talking about werewolves. So you don't want to miss that. We've got uh, some topics coming up. Werewolves, shapeshifters, uh, we've got skinwalkers, we've got shimmers, and the differences from the cultures to the ancient history behind it, and um, where they come from, and... And all that good stuff. So, um, if, you know, 
If, if you like this show, click like, share, subscribe. If you want to buy me a cup of coffee once a month um, for bringing you this series, you can do so at our anchor.fm platform under a new podcast. And this has uh, been Don Piercy and Brian Dennis Hartford. Until next time, it's been great. Come on, come on, wherever you are. Definitely.